0: Welcome, everybody, to an episode of The Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Moz, joined here by my co-host, Matahir, and we're going over Hero of Ages, chapters 52 to 58, and we're finishing off part four, I believe, which is uh, Beautiful Destroyer. Um, Awesome name, again, for the parts. Uh, I think well, the is best part name... I'm going to guess that's Ruin. Uh, he ain't beautiful. Well, we don't know. We, uh... You know, maybe they have some physical form, which we confirmed, maybe which we'll it really talk about is later. But, oh my god. Stop. Um <laughs> so and this is this is where you edit in the recap thing. Uh, <laughs> where we left off last time was uh Vin gets captured, she takes a sedative that knocks her out, and Ellen uh went to save a village, nearby village that was under attack by like 20,
1: 30 some thousand colas. And now, chapter 52. Chapter 52. Uh, Tensoon actually comes into into Lusadel And it, what I really like about this part is that he doesn't know that Straff is dead. So he's like wondering if Straff became the emperor. And then uh Tensun, and I love
0: that, right? Because he yeah. left like right after Zane died. So he left before the city fell and all the whole battle happened.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, epigraph, my bad. Uh it was just talking about the microbes and that there ended up being too much of the microbes or something like that, and then the the plants couldn't grow.
0: Yeah. Um it did bring up, which I thought was nice, that um ash can be good for plant growth, which that is true by the way, uh in real life. I mean uh volcanic ash even. Um I don't know if it's volcanic ash or just any kind of ash, but yeah, that is, like I guess there's like some minerals or something like that that's very good for the soil to help it grow. So that was kind of cool to see. I have heard that in several Sanderson interviews where he'll talk about how he researches a lot when he writes certain things. Um, <laughs> I know he did the same or uh, not he, uh, but James S.A. Corey, which are the that's the name of the two authors that wrote the Expanse series. When they wrote, like, you don't need to be sciencey to really understand Expanse, but it kind of helps, I guess. Um, And there are a lot of things that just they're they have like real scientific roots, which I thought was really cool.
1: Attack on Titan is the most scientific show. Just saying.
0: Yeah, if you have
1: seen no other shows. And also The Worst Scientific Show, if you haven't seen any shows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh,
1: and so anyway, Ten Soon, he goes over to a warehouse and uh, gets Kelsier's bones uh, to try and, like, turn into Kelsier. And then he goes over to these guards and they're like, oh, my God, a survivor. And then he uses the the disguise to get information from them, and one of the guards tells Tensun that King Penrod has like gone wacko, and he's like talking to himself and. Yeah, not good. yeah. we already know why that happens because <coughs> Ru, uh he has a spike inside of him, so he's going crazy, and Breeze. A few months back, brought in uh, a few men, and they're they're going another north to the north dominance. And he tells the the guys to go underground whenever the whenever the mists leave, and he goes back to the warehouse to uh to get the wolfhound bones, but there's like too many people there, and then. Uh, the people there see him as Kelsier, and so he tells them that. Penrod has been corrupted and he tells uh he tells everybody to go to the guards at Keep Venture for like uh directions for like the caves underground and where Kelsier trained his army way back in book 1. Which how does he know that? What? The, about the underground caves from book 1? Um I'm guessing he probably got it from Orsor. Oh yeah, he was getting information from him. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes into another building, gets the dog bones, turns into a dog and then he keeps the the Kelsier bones with him. And then starts running again to Artul or to Orto. Arto. Uh chapter 53 the epigraph kind of merges with the chapter fifty-four epigraph, so we'll talk about that after chapter fifty-three. Uh Spook is talking to Beldre by the lake, and uh he he starts telling her about Ellen and Vin and Ellen and Finn whenever she asks about them. And man, your voice is just cracking.
0: Cooper <laughs> hard today.
1: He starts uh telling her about About how he's always been sort of like the behind the scenes, not really significant person of the crew. Oh,
0: yes. By the way, audience, if you hear Metaher's voice and it's like extra deep this episode, don't believe it. That means he edited his voice to make it sound deeper because it's cracking (laughs) hard.
1: Sorry, go ahead. Uh, And then he he promises that he won't hurt her and he'll try his best to save. uh, What's the dude's name? queion so uh, I mean
0: I, I okay I kind of got a little bit annoyed with Beldra here right She claims that um Quellian is a good man then later whenever she's talking to spook like, like not even three sentences later uh spook says something like uh it's uh for like the greater good right um I don't and then she says something like, you know, oh Quellian said the same thing. So it's like so you're implying that Spook and Quellian are not that great. So which is it? or is he a good man or is he not? Yeah. Um one thing I wanna interject in there real quick. Veldra uh, Beldra does confirm that she's half ska, which means of course that she's also half noble. <laughs> so you know that's a (laughs) no-no.
1: Which means Quelling is their brother, right? Yeah. Uh, Now that I'm
0: thinking about it, I'm going to guess that
1: she she might be his half-sister. Yeah. It's possible, too. Yeah, and she also says that she was going to be executed by the Obligators, too. But Empire... Yeah, yeah, so that was kind of cool. So I, I don't... The way I took it was that
0: the Empire fell like right when her execution was about to happen. Which, I mean, that's like some Jack Sparrow level stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: um, yeah. but she may be a pirate captain, but you know. <laughs> Just saying. And so, uh, Spook, uh, also says that he wishes basically for attention. Uh, and yeah, that's basically it. all that happened in chapter fifty-three, and so the two the two epigraphs sort of merge because it talks about like how there was a balance and there was a uh, bargain, basically. But it wasn't ruin that broke the bargain; it was preservation, because preservation was the one that started creating life, which was not a part of the deal. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, okay. So this is where it gets like, a little complex. So neither of them were happy with the stalemate, which, I i mean, that's normal. No one's ever happy with a, uh, what's it called, a compromise. Um, but preservation, because, you know, he couldn't preserve everything and ruin, couldn't destroy everything completely. Uh, so, preservation, which went outside his deal, which I'm guessing, um, It's not really con like I guess we kind of have confirmation in the later in I think in chapter fifty four epigraph or sorry fifty five epigraph where ruin was imprisoned by preservation and once that was assured then preservation started creating life I guess like humans and you know but because he can't okay so this is where it gets again more complex he. They can't create things individually, right? Like Ruin obviously can't create, but preservation can't create either. Only together can they create something. So I guess yeah. in this situation, because he didn't have Ruin's, like, power or blessing at his disposal, um, he couldn't create humans, like, he couldn't create their souls, right? Like, the thing that makes them human. But mm-hmm. so he gave up a part of himself and each human to achieve that, I guess. Um, which of course, you know, just leads him to be weaker than Ruin, and also imprisoning Ruin leaves him even weaker. So, remember, I we were talking about the last episode that like Ruin, we were talking about the balance, right? Like, before, um, Ruin was stronger, and then Preservation became stronger, and then Ruin is starting to become stronger again. So, I guess this is kind of like confirmation
1: of that. it's sort of like. Food chains, almost, because, like, (laughs) say there's, like, wolves and deer. Whenever wolves, there's less wolves and more deer than than the little amount of wolves eat a bunch of deer. And there's less deer than there are wolves, and it just goes up and down.
0: Yeah, it's a pendulum. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, but, yeah. Uh, I... This God stuff makes it a little bit difficult to wrap your head around, but at the same time, it's kind of it, it gives it a more epic feel. So I like it.
1: I don't. <clears throat> <laughs> it's confusing, but it's, it's fine. Uh, chapter fifty four. Vin Vin wakes up and all her medals are gone. She probably like used them in, in her sleep, and yeoman's there. Uh, she's like chained to a wall with these silver. What do you call those?
0: Um, I think uh, it's silver shackles, whatever it yeah. is, but it is
1: silver. And Yeoman went through like a lot of measures. To so, sure okay, that... hold on.
0: Quick question on that, too. Right? Um, so I understand, uh, Yeoman is very careful in making sure she doesn't ingest metal, but what's the purpose of specifying silver? Like, what, like, I'm saying. Yeoman specifically getting silver um shackles. Like, is he afraid that if he gives her like pewter shackles that she's just gonna chew on the metal, like on the shackles and like eat that? Like Probably. Like, but can the metal come off that
1: easily? Like it's I mean, pewter like unless it's her it's, teeth,
0: right? Like she's not she can't file
1: it. Unless uh it's like pure, like really clean metal. Then I'm sure there'd be like dust, which is all you really need. Mm, okay, okay. Because you don't you don't need like a bite; you just need a little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's that's actually a pretty
0: good point. All
1: right, carry on. Uh, and this sort of like confirms my suspicions, but he said that she, he said that the earring that she's been having, like all these three books. Is actually silver plated and bronze on the center, and my one one thousand IQ (laughs) prediction is most likely confirmed (laughs) here. Just because, like, that's the only way that she'd be able to pierce copper clouds, Uh, which is like kind of scary because she's had that since she was a kid. So like what did her parents do to her? <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Um not well not parents parent. Yeah. But, oh yeah, the dad was an obligator. But...
0: Sorry, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> the voice crack is killing me.
1: <laughs> um, and then he uh He lets a messenger from Ellen's army in to ask, to ask like a question, and then so he gets confirmation that she's alive, and he wants execute her for killing the Lord Ruler. And Ruin is telling her to kill Yeoman using Reen's voice, but she ignores it, and then Yeoman leaves. Chapter fifty five. Ellen is walking back towards camp with his new army of Coloss, uh, so that he can just think. And his thinking eventually leads him to the sort of conclusion that they can't, they went against ruin, and he loses quite a bit of hope. And I like this-, this
0: chapter a lot. I just wanted to jump in and say that that I, this chapter was awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And uh the Mist Spirit comes in and it turns out that it like actually is preservation. And Ellen tells it to like write out what it wants, but uh Ruin changes the words like almost immediately. Uh and so Ellen starts asking it like yes or no questions to uh and is communicating with it with like the arm signals and it wants the preservation wants Ellen to go east and not to attack Frederick City. Uh and it turns out that preservation is way weaker than ruin. Uh now the, he is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um
1: Yeah. And preservation so, might be the one that's bringing a mist, but it's not the mist that are actually killing a man. And before the So okay, so I wanna talk about that. That 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 one got me excited
0: you know like so you're so the mists are attacking humans so but but he's he kind of like i like how the the yes and no questions the way he described it i'm just imagining like some mickey mouse like just starts dancing like jumping up and down dancing whenever he's saying yes but but it's kind of like a somewhat yes. he's like dancing at a slower pace yeah (laughs) um but like, you know, he kind of thought for a second about the mists killing um Ska, which by the way, they don't kill Noble Men. Um that he's basically saying that yeah, I'm attacking them, but I'm not the one killing them. So is it possible that like ruin is like if we're still going off this thing, right? That the mists are preservation and the ashes is ruin. Is it possible? I'm thinking from a biological level that the mists that are killing the people or the ska, uh that mist contains like some trace amounts of ash from the air. And that like that's part of ruin that like is like, nope, this one dies.
1: Huh. That could be it. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Um this has me excited. Uh but he points to Elend uh, holding a metal, I guess in like uh, the metal vials um which okay, so w- what do you think what do you think he's trying to say
1: that the metals are like there's some significance yeah, 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 yeah
0: but what is it what like what? Uh,
1: <laughs> and yeah. the myths are also important too, but he doesn't like actually tell why it's like, yeah. well, we already knew that. Yeah,
0: he's like, well, thanks for confirming what we already knew. Um, So he does confirm, though, that they can beat Ruin, which, I mean, I think we as a reader kind of knew that. Like, I'm not thinking Sanderson to pull out a George Martin where he's just like, yeah, and they all died. (laughs) Uh, The ashes cover Scadrio and they all died. Um, I'm not expecting that, so I knew that they could beat Ruin, but the way that he does it, the way he confirms that they can kind of like jumped up and down, like slowly. Like, it's like, yeah, you can beat them, but like, you're not going to be happy doing it, or there's a
1: lot of you going to die in the process. Um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. That's fine. Um, and like, it actually dies yeah oh my god right there (laughs) i was just
0: like um and so we as a reader uh we don't have full confirmation we see that it fades away right uh but we don't know that it actually dies and i remember reading this for the first time thinking it's like did he die or did he just like kind of like run like he had a um, half hour battery life he used up the half hour battery life and now he has a so I was thinking that, and then yes, confirmation beginning of chapter 56, literally in the epigraph, confirmation the preservation died right there. And when you're battling the god, like an evil, chaotic, ruined god, literally, um, ruined finding out <laughs> or having a, uh, the other side, the good god, the preservation yeah. god, die, that can't be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's like yeah. all you really had yeah that's side. all like you're already facing against a god and the only god that was on your side which was albeit weaker but still a god um is not dead <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh one thing I quickly wanted to put in uh, in chapter 55 before we close that one up is that ellen kind of leaves that conversation feeling hopeful uh, which actually segues perfectly into chapter 56 this is why i love chapter 55 a lot it was a segue from fifty-five to six, which is very clean. Um, one, we get confirmation that preservation died in the epigraph, as well as the epigraph uh, highlights that Ellen um, was close to giving up, and preservation came to it in that moment because came to him. Sorry, in that moment because he was close to giving up. So, uh, but it also said, which I thought was really cool. It's not really like, relevant, I guess, that if Ellen had stuck around for a bit, he would have seen um, preservation's body fall. Um, Like, the literal body of a god just fall, collapse, dead. Um, But there's something I wanted to talk about here. Sanderson describes the actual physical features of Preservation's body. Yeah. So... Dark-haired and... Yeah, his dark-haired and profound nose and all that. So... And later, we'll discuss this uh, more in detail later uh, within this episode, but Vin talks about as well that she senses kind of like almost like a humanity in Ruin. Yeah. So... That so ruin is looking for his body. Remember, we talked about that way ago like, I think, like two or three episodes ago. Yeah, uh, the ruin in the this is from the epigraph. So, ruin is looking for his body. So, if preservation died and his body just collapses, and we actually have what seems to be a human or at the very least, a humanoid looking like body or creature that falls.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that mean that each of these gods have actual like they got their power, right? And we know pr- the power of preservation is not dead, which again ties into a later epigraph. Um the power of preservation is not dead. It's just I guess his consciousness is dead. So because his consciousness is dead, that body is dead as well. Um so does that mean that like way back in hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of years ago, like do the this ruin and preservation just like decay bodies over time and then they had to find a new body for that for preservation's power to go into, ruin's power to go into? And then if there's a third god for that power to go into?
1: I have an idea. Go on. Uh so it will so I'm thinking that Kelsier is, like, basically like a god now, and his god form is his body. So, I don't know what was special about Kelsier, but I think that Ruin and Preservation were just normal dudes, just like Kelsier. Something Mm -hmm. happened to them, and then they became... So are are you
0: but are you thinking that that body that fell Preservation's body that fell are you saying that that body is Kelsier?
1: No, no, that was Preservation's body whenever he was a human before he died. Okay, okay,
0: okay, okay. So where is Kelsier? Like, what are you saying that he's a third god, maybe? Maybe, yeah, maybe he's (laughs) like. And again, we uh, we don't. By the way, to those listening, we don't actually know that there is a third god. We're just. My yeah, my speculation is purely based off of hemology or hemology, yeah, hemology, whatever. Um Preservation, elementary, and then there's that third one which predates both, which is uh furukami. So, yeah. you know, possible third guy. But yeah, anyways, God, I love this this episode. There's gonna be a lot of jumping around. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I'm sure you have at this point that there's a lot of jumping around in this episode because there's a lot of tie-ins for like, you know, one chapter to like the chapter, like three chapters down and epigraphs that just, they're starting to connect together really well. And that's why I don't know about you without here, but I'm starting to feel like very hyped because it's like, we're in the end game now. Um, uh-huh. Anyways, chapter 56, uh, Spook is planning on a board just like Kelsier did, which I thought was really cool. It feels like—I mean, it's not—I'm not, not going to argue like it's subtle, but it was just cool seeing that callback that like Spook looks up to Kelsier so much that he's imitating him. Um, so his plan is that he's going to try and expose Quelien to the public, um, by like trying to get him to use Allomancy um, in public. So. <laughs> He's accepting Beldra's help. Um, but that's most likely just because it seems to me that he felt left out when in Kelser's crew. So he doesn't want her to, you know, go through the same thing. Uh, she makes him promise with the Quillian, but also asks to send him a letter. And this was really cool. It's like a side thing. Um, spook. Before he, obviously he sends a letter, he's gonna make he's gonna read through it and also change around the wording, like you know, I guess bust out a thesaurus and change the words here and there, and then uh, maybe change the ordering. Because um, for those of you who don't know, back in the day, that's how you would encrypt messages. Uh, there would be a cipher, like a key, and from there you would figure out which letter to pick out. So I mean, from a very basic one like every third word picked a second letter and then you would with those letters picked out you would be able to form a message it was mm-hmm. really cool like um but yeah that's old old school encryption and so you know spook coming from the underground he knows about all that um but Gordel comes in uh, to uh, report that the citizen soldiers have left, like the outside of the the ministry, the cache that they're hiding out in—not <clears throat> really hiding out, but bunkered out in. And Cezad gives him some orders, and Gordel doesn't really follow right away. He looks to Spook for confirmation. Um, Again, we've been seeing this and we've touched on it before, but I do do love seeing this evolution of Spook. I mean, he was nothing, right? Like, he had less than nothing of a role in Final Empire. And he barely had a role in Well of Ascension. And now he seems to be like he, after Vin and Ellen, of like he seems to be more relevant than any other character after Vin and Ellen. Like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, But. Uh yeah, Spook and Caesar talk a bit, and I know you've been hating on it a lot, understandably so. But it seems to me like he's coming around a bit. Uh, no,
1: I like him, but I don't like the way you Mr. don't Sander like Sands he's acting. Really. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because but... it's just exactly what I predicted. It's just like he's useless the entire book until literally the last part. He's gonna do something really important. That's the only reason he's been left kept around, or else he would have been killed off like everybody else. I mean, this is Sanderson writing, not Martin, but yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, chapter 57. Um, Who knows, The epigraph people here... die a bunch in Stormlight.
0: Yeah. Um, so chapter 57. The epigraph here, there's not much really to go off of, or I'm not going to delve too deep into it, because it seems kind of generic, but at the same time, I'm sure it'll come back and slap me in the face later. Uh, <laughs> it just says that each power has three parts, the physical, the spiritual, and the cognitive. Again, that, that just seems so vague and at the same time so foreshadowing that I'll just wait for it to find out. You know, I'm not even going to cast a prediction yeah. on that one. Uh, Vin's just sitting in her cell and she's thinking about Ruin. And Again, I, I like that she's keeping active or at the very least keeping her mind active in situations like this like she's not just sitting around like thinking about her life like she is constantly thinking about the objective at hand um so she so one thing she notices is that Ruin is not ordering her to kill the guards like not like forcefully commanding her right so clearly not an omnipotent god we but we kind of know that already um but it's more of a suggestion, like almost like emotional elements. Like she kind of like, "Hey, see that guard? It'd be a shame if he fell down the stairs over and over again." Um, yeah. So, I guess he also has power over Elamancy. I don't know. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <know. laughs> um. So I I don't like well, the I, I don't of, know like, if he necessarily uh... has power of allomancy, but I think it just works in a similar fashion. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he has hemolurgy hem and we kind of confirmed with the earrings that she's wearing that you know that she's kind of in direct contact with ruin so yeah. But anyways, um a ruin does come back in Reen's form, and he claims that everyone is his tool, which, rude. Um He gives his sale pitch again to Vin, talking about, like, you know, decay is a natural order of things. Like, do you know of any candle that doesn't burn out? You know, do you? Any, like, eh, he's got kind of a point. Um it's like a yin and yang kind of thing, right? Like, you can't just get mad at the yang for destroying things or whatever, or, you know, the chaos. Like, it's it's a natural part of it. Uh, even forests um, have fires, forest fires, to kind of, like, cleanse the woods and then restart and, you know, get rid of, I guess, get rid of the impurities. Um, uh-huh. So, I mean, for what it's worth, the evil god of chaos makes a pretty good sales pitch for chaos, uh who knew
1: <laughs>
0: uh her perception of ruin changes from an it to a heat which i thought okay this i thought this was hilarious because when she realizes that he's full of pride her perception of ruin changes from an it to a heat
1: yeah i was like oh <laughs> sexist
0: yeah but you know i'm, I'm joking of course um but, then, but this is actually a call back to what I was talking about earlier, where Vin notices that there is some kind of almost like a humanity to ruin. There is something to him. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but like his mannerisms, his he has pride, right? Like he he wants to show off like a human being, <clears throat> Um, which, again, like I said harkens back to what I was talking about earlier with preservation having a body. So, I mean, maybe before were they like humans that were ascended into godhood for one reason or another. So, you know, guess we'll see. You're going to have to cut this part out. <coughs> so, Vin, it believes that Ruin is thinking that he won already. Um, and I think the reason he thinks that is because Vin is captured. And this is where Vin starts to realize that
1: um, she he has pride.
0: Or no, no that not, uh that Ruin is going like whatever is gonna stop Ruin, it has something to do with her. Yeah. Um yeah. But I did wanna uh bring up that Ruin all, herself confirms to preservation that uh He's dead. (laughs) Um, and then she also one thing I did want to touch on here, which I thought was it's like kind of like a line almost, but it's a good confirmation for us readers. She does confirm that Ruin cannot read minds because she was like thinking something, but then Ruin later confirms it to her, like talking to her, and she's like, "Well, yeah, I already, I already know that." And then she's like, "Oh wait, that means he can't read minds. That's for sure." Um. But, I don't know. There, There's something here, I feel like. This chapter specifically. Um, Foreshadowing-wise, I mean. But, <clears throat> chapter 58. Uh, the epigraph kicks off with, um, again, just, I, t- I touched on this a little bit earlier. Preservation's consciousness was destroyed, but his power still existed. Which, I guess that kind of makes sense. And I didn't want to... Talk about this too. Is I, I have a feeling it's because you can't destroy it, right? Like it's a part yeah. of God. Like you can't like, just yeah, go away. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, no matter how much you fight it, it's kind of like and we have several examples of this. Legend of Korra. This is season two spoilers for those who have not seen it. marava and Vatu. Um, they talk about right the several times that one can get super weak but it can never actually ever die. Like they're just two parts, like you know, they're gods and they're two parts of just existence as a whole. And another example I saw of this and I thought of this earlier today was um okay, so this is spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Um for like the three people who haven't seen it. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, in Endgame, uh, Thanos destroys the Infinity Stones, right? And then I have a feeling that existence as a whole could not allow that to happen. Like, it just said, no, you can't do that. Like, you physically could, but we're going... like. I don't know, if uh, you could call it gods, you could call it nature, you could call it just existence as a whole just said, no, that's not allowed. You're breaking the rules. So that's why it allowed, not, maybe not allowed, but like kind of manufactured events in such a way that the heroes, you know, they did the whole thing where they went back in time and then they got the Infinity Stones and all that, blah, blah, blah. blah. So that's that's what I mean, right? Like, you can't do that. You can't just destroy pieces of like the universe right reality time soul uh freaking i don't even know space i i don't remember all the infinity gems but you, do you get what i'm saying
1: uh yeah, right. sort like, of.
0: yeah like you destroy the infinity stones and then like uh i guess god or time it's uh, maybe not time because that's one of the stones <laughs> and i can't say reality either because that's also Entity. one of the stones yeah it just <laughs> The universe in general just said no we're gonna get the stone back stones back one way or another and so it manufactured that timeline to where the heroes did get the stones back but yeah uh, i just thought that was kind of cool that um he kept it consistent <laughs> that like you know preservation just can't die um but Quellian responds to the letter and <laughs> i love his response Summed up he basic uh it's basically like, you know, Beldra is talking about how you know how she's captured and whatnot. And s uh Quillian responds with lol, like he just doesn't care about his sister. Um and CZ and Spookers planning to restore water to the city. Uh and there's, so there's a lot here. I'm gonna kinda like it seems like I'm just jumping from one event to the other and that's because I am. That's
1: yeah that's how it how this chapter was
0: <laughs> yeah if there wasn't like um i, I don't want to say it wasn't smooth but like the significant stuff is kind of like at this point like literally bullet points um beldra talks about how overthrowing the government is kind of the same as hurting the people because he says like you know um, i'm not hurting the people i'm just overthrowing the government and she says it's the same thing now in her defense, yes. When you overthrow a government, you do hurt the people. Like I, I don't know about any government that's ever been overthrown where no one got hurt.
1: Um, in the short run, yeah.
0: You've yeah, yeah. The, so, like, and, but yeah, exactly. So my question to her becomes like, so do we just never throw overthrow tyrannical governments because you know some people might get hurt? Like, I'm not trying to downplay innocent lives being lost or you know hurt. But, yeah, it's a tyrannical government, you know? Like, (laughs) it's got to happen. But, yeah, I think uh, what I'm getting is that Beldra, and we already knew this before, um, is that she's very naive. Um, And I get it because she's young as well. And she's sheltered, so she has kind of like a... A very nah, I don't wanna I guess maybe flowery outlook on life where it's like, you know, oh we can go to war, but as long as none of our soldiers die. Like that's not possible, you know. If you're gonna go to war, even for for a good reason, you have to accept the fact that some of your soldiers are gonna die. Uh-huh. So anyways, Dern uh for those of you who don't remember, Dern is that crime boss leader guy. He comes back and reports that Quellian is planning on denouncing Spook publicly and then attacking the ministry building. And then everyone kind of gets in their place and the rioting starts. Mm -hmm. This is where it gets kind of scary. And I like the way that the rioting was kind of described because Spook, as we know, his plan is to get Quellian to expose himself as an or specifically as a coin shot. Uh, and so he does expose someone, but it's not Quelly and it's Beldra. turns out she's the one who's the coin shot. She's the Allomancer. Um, now the entire crowd, which is kind of, is basically on a spook side, but they see they're in a frenzy, right? Like riots are scary. You, no one can control a riot. Like literally no individual human being can control a riot. Um. You can quell a riot by like police force and stuff like that, but you can't the, the riot itself, you cannot control who gets attacked and what building gets burned and what they're going after. So, But they all see that Beldra is a coin shot and they're like, you know, oh, how dare quell you know, like he killed our own family members, but then his own sister is a nobleman or part of the nobility. Yeah. And yeah, so they start attacking her and then Spook starts realizing it's, like, all gone wrong. Uh Kelsier tries to get him to kill Beldra, and then he says something like, spike, kill her, and, like, spike himself through. Basically, he's saying, like, spike her, like, kill her with a spike, and then spike himself so that he gets the coin shot abilities. Yeah, um, he's definitely ruined. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, so, oh, by the way, for those of you who haven't realized at this point, Kelsey is ruined. Uh, <laughs> Which where's your
1: what's it called? Big brain IQ plays with that hair? Uh too busy um with like, you know, the Lord Ruler and the earring.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Lord Ruler, which was like two books ago, you're still hung yeah. up on that, man. And okay. the uh Okay, so you're you're one of those big brain plays who like get stuck like stroking their own ego and then never actually advance in life. Okay. So I forgot where I left out. Um, Anyways, (laughs) uh, Spook rips off Quellian's shirt. um, And he sees a bronze spike through him. um, And he rips that bronze spike off. Okay, so one thing I actually wanted to... I did want to say. The graphic audio for this chapter was magnificent. It was so good. The rioting in the background was amazing. Um. In fact, I did this whole section, I didn't even, I didn't actually read. I listened to the graphic audio and I did took my notes like while well, I was listening to the graphic audio. But this chapter was amazing. Quellian's voice actor is awesome. And Spook's voice actor when he was getting angry here was amazing. It, it this graphic audio, oh my god, elevated this chapter to another level for me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he takes off, uh, Quillian's, a bronze spike and he takes off his own spike and he collapses in the pain because, you know, he's been kind of like burning pewter to make his body stronger. And now all of a sudden he has to feel all that pain and, you know, cities in flames. And so spook puts his like, you know, and th- I actually loved this part too. I love the spook himself took charging in because I, again, this is kind of cliche uh, it proves to him and the reader that his awesomeness, his leadership, his, like, you know, adult, his great quality was not because of Ruin. It was because of himself. It wasn't because he started burning Pewter all of a sudden. It was because of himself. You get know what I'm saying?
1: Um. Yeah, kind of. <laughs>
0: like Like, people would say, right, that he became a survivor of flames because of Pewter. And, you know, because of Ruin, essentially. And yeah, Sure, he did all that stuff with Peter, but um, when he takes control here and he starts barking out orders, it just proves that it has nothing to do with ruin. It's he himself, Spook himself, has turned into a mature leader. So, yeah, it's kind—it's of, kind of like you know, Ellen, right? Like <clears throat> here and here of ages, he's a great emperor. But he was a great emperor or becoming a great emperor even back in the World of Ascension before he became a Mistborn. So we can't, no one can ever take that away from him saying it's like, oh, you're only a great emperor because you're a Mistborn. It's like, no, I was becoming a good one.
1: Uh, oh, I see what you mean there.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not, it's not the power in your hands, but it's what's in your heart kind of thing, you know? Uh, <sighs> like I said, super cliche, but I like the cheesy stuff now and then. Um... <laughs> But, you know, like I said, City's in flames, uh, and then Spook takes charge. He tells Quellian to join Breeze and Aurean to, and then get them to calm the riot zone. And he, this is where he gets, like, mad. He's just like, do it or I will kill you. <laughs> it's like, yes, <laughs> my boy Spook. Um, that's the survivor of flames, baby. Um, and then, yeah, uh, he gets Spook, it, and Beldra, which I said Spook, but yeah, he gets himself says that and Beldra and they're gonna go to the cache. Uh because the plan was that there was gonna be some of Spook soldiers guarding it, which you know, Beldra kills slash Um and the idea is that they're gonna like flood the city, like not necessarily not flood the city, flood the city, but like get Just water back water. into the city. Yeah. yeah. Because remember, Lord Ruler had channeled the water from the dam into the underground cavern. Um Oh, that fresh water, but the ministry building is on fire. So he tries to approach it, can't get in. So he extinguishes his tin. Um and goes and jumps into the burning building because extinguishing his tin basically like you know allows him to be numb because he's a tin savant. (sighs) There is one thing here. Um, well, by the way, he does succeed. It seems like you know he forces himself on a lever and yeah, um, uh, saves the city, I guess. But Say says something which to me hints that I think Spook is the one who's gonna become the hero of ages. Spook, this he talks about, like, you know, oh, I failed, you know. I tried my best, but I just couldn't do it. And then, as says that, it's just like you know, you didn't feel any more than the rest of us. He says, "You were no god, Lord Spook." So this got me thinking. What? If, what if? What if Spook is going to become the hero of ages, right? Because we know that Preservation's power is still exists, obviously, but the consciousness and the body of Preservation has died. So what if? the Hero of Ages, is the next guy to become Preservation. Eh? eh? Uh,
1: I think it's that just eh? because of the fact that he's been kept around this long. I mean,
0: what if he's just been kept around so he could be the holy announcer or whatever?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Wow. I've got a pretty good hunch.
0: Riveting counter-argument there,
1: With <laughs> Because we know that those prophecies are, just aren't true, so
0: yeah, they were edited though. Originally, it was like not holy announcer; it was like the first announcer, or like something like that. It was there it, it was another title, but it was oh. the title itself was changed to be the exact same title that the um, ska were saying to say um, that in yeah. 12th century. But yeah. Um, Oh, man, this this section was awesome. This the end of part uh what is it? Yeah, part four was amazing. I am so excited. I remember when I was reading this, how the last is, like the last part, I, I could not inhale that book
1: fast enough. Is the Sandy Lanch upon us?
0: <clears throat> yeah, oh yeah. You can feel it. Like I know I asked this last time and you said no. Um but for us normal human beings. You can say no. <laughs> yeah. You can feel it. You can feel that like, okay, something something big's coming, right? Because the epigraphs are starting to tie together a lot. And you saw the same thing in especially um uh final empire, where the epigraphs started to become like very all of a sudden very relevant to like chapter by chapter. And now it's to the point where the epigraph of you know, one chapter is just confirming some information that we got on the end of the previous chapter. Um, and I'm referencing the uh, preservation's death. So, yeah, I mean, oh my God, I am. ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's it for chap- uh, part four chapters 52 to 58. Uh, now we're done with Beautiful Destroyer. Next up, we're starting part five, boys. That's the last part. So. We're gonna we're gonna rush to this one. Chapters fifty nine to seventy. now I know? Okay. What is that is that the full book? No 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 no. The full the full part five is fifty-nine to eighty-two. Oh uh, that's okay. like what is it? That's like twenty-three parts. I am sorry, twenty-three chapters. Like the chapters are small, but they're not that small.
1: That's about uh-huh. how how quick I finished Fall of Ascension. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, yeah yeah, 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 that's right.
0: So for those of you who don't know, when we were reading Well of Ascension, I had gone on vacation. um, And then, like, we still had, like, half the book left, and he finished, like, right away. Um, But anyways, yeah, so next week, we're going to be covering chapters 59 to 70. I know that's a lot of chapters, but um, the chapters go by really quickly. They're, they're not, like, necessarily short, but they're just so easily... Like you read through them and it's like binging chapters. Like you're binging Netflix episodes. They like, I, I'm not, okay, I'm not kidding you. This part, this was a part where okay. I had stopped on a chapter one night and I couldn't stop there because it ended in such a what? Um, that I was late to work the next day.
1: <laughs>
0: this is that part. If I, that and then, and, and not only that, when I got to work the next day late, um when i was done with my work because i'm not a slacker um i just started (laughs) reading i pulled up this book the ebook online on my uh work laptop and i just started i continued reading at work and i got to another point which is so surprising i'm not joking to you i literally i was so close to yelling out like i like i threw i almost threw my hands up in the air i did throw my hands up but not like super high because I control myself at the last second, I almost like, just like screamed, like what? (laughs) Um, So again, if this is not a hype moment for you guys, I don't know what will be. Super excited for the next two episodes of Hero of Ages. But yes, next we'll be uh, starting chapter, or part five, trust. As always, please join us on Twitter at pod underscore bookkeeper. Join us on our Discord. The link is on every episode of the show notes. Uh follow us on TikTok, uh, Keepers of the Book, as well as Instagram. Also Keepers of the Book. Um, I'm posting more on TikTok than I am on Instagram. But for those of you who don't know, the TikTok videos are they're not necessarily relevant to what we're talking about on an episode episode basis, uh in the podcast, but it's like stuff like T V shows. Uh, movies, books, like I'm reading Wheel of Time, so I've done some reviews and talks about some of the stuff that's come up there. So, anyways, until next time, boys and girls.